Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! What is up, gladiators? Welcome to another Scandal After Us TV After Show. This is season four, episode four, like father, like daughter, and my favorite episode of the season to date. I'm so very excited, so very happy. Uh, this episode gave me life, as I said, after the episode was over. As always, I'm your host, Emil, and it's Junior, joined here with my favorite gladiators and a special guest who we introduced, starting with... Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hi, I'm Sophia Stanley. I'm Bam Erickson. And on the guest couch, we have the amazing, the talented Mr. Brian Lesher, who plays Tom on Scandal. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Are you kidding me? It's Scandal Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) TGIT. He is going to be joining the conversation with us, and he had a huge episode tonight, so we're going to dive right in. Um, This episode, I don't even want to hear your thoughts. We're just going to get right into it, but it was... It made me so happy, because there were so many moments that felt like old Scandal. Um, Ooh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> but we're going to start with Karen. Because we talked about this previously. We talked about how Karen has been absent. We were like, where's where's Karen? Where's Teddy? Everybody's been talking <laughs> about YouTube. Like, where are the children? And we finally had some things that were addressed in this episode. So Karen was sent off to boarding school. But in this episode, we focus more on her at a party. And Olivia gets a phone call. And it's from Karen. And she's at this party, wasted. And some things have happened. And as it progresses, we find out she had a sex tape. Um... <laughs> Yeah, if you can qu- say that things have happened, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. Some things happened. Yeah, right on. Um, but it was definitely interesting to see how her character has grown. Because I like when we have like these breakout moments with characters. And we'll, just skipping forward a little bit, but when she had that scene with Fitz in the Oval Office where she kind of basically told him what was going on with her. I like when we have that moment with these characters. And I like that we got to see a different side of... You know, Karen, but also see that just because she is the first daughter, she's still human. She's still what, Bam? Listen, <laughs> I can't stand sassy ass kids. Okay, sassy um, kids. I, I can't do. I can't deal with sassy <laughs> kids. And regardless of the neglect that you've been feeling because of what's been going on in your family, you have a responsibility. You know that people, when you're in school, people are probably taking pictures of you and. And so forth. So for that was just that was just dumb. Did, do you think though that she should have thought that yes, any time that she has sex, it's going to be recorded? Yes, especially when you're drunk. Well, I'll, well I'll, th- th- that precludes thinking. She's drunk. She's not thinking. And she went well, to the party buzzed. And she ditched her secret service, so she really didn't care what was happening. She probably didn't care that they record were recording it while they were recording it. When she got sober, she's probably like, "Oh, dang, that's you know, that's messed up." But I don't think she, like she didn't seem to mind at all. Because even when they were looking at the pictures of who could could possibly be could, could possibly be, she had a little smirk on her face. Yeah, she had a great time. It wasn't she him, but like, I would. Yeah, she was like, "I mean, yeah." So I I don't really think it hit her until she noticed that it was hitting everybody else. 
Okay, I'm going to back up for a second on a slightly different issue, especially uh, because we have Brian here today. The minute they said Secret Service, for a split second, I was like, wait, who's their Secret Service, right? Then number two, I was like, okay, so you have a teenage daughter of the president at boarding school. You don't have a man stationed outside of her window and at the door? I'm talking for, like, safety reasons. So the fact that she's able to ditch them... So easily. So easily, there's something there in general. And then I think it then shows that she literally was like, no, I'm about to go have a good time. Mm -hmm. Like, a real, real, real good time. Because, like she said, she basically got her friend to steal her dad's jet to go and do whatever. And I think that on some levels, I actually like that. Because I think it does show she's human. I think we're all entitled to have a good time. I think that we live in a completely different world now because of social media and because of cell phones. But the actual act itself... I know everyone thinks I'm the weird one. I never wrong with it. But saying she's going to have a good time, the, the key thing to, to, to look at here in, in, in the scenes with her father and her mother both, it didn't come from wanting to have a good time. It came from immense pain of losing her brother. I mean, that's where this comes from. So you take extraordinary action when you're in that kind of pain, and it's not thought out well it comes from this deep deep pain so it, it it transcends anything that that you know that i knew when i was growing up about wanting to have a good time if i had a jet at my disposal i would have done some dumb things too but she does some things that are on top of being a young kid you have this deep well of pain that you're trying to escape well and I don't and I don't think that escaping from the Secret Service was as easy. Um, she's a smart she you know, she's smart, she's a she's a teenager and this is something that you she just said she went through the window. And if somebody can jump across the White House lawn and walk through the front door and run down the hallway of the White House, the oh, actual White House now, then I'm getting past some Secret Service that's on your on your campus wearing caps. I was trying to help the Secret a, Service. You know, <laughs> okay. No, look, look, look. Oh, but particularly if she lulled them to sleep, you know, they're not, it's, it's, you know, it might be the second or third team. There, it's not the president, you know. <laughs> My thing is, and this is this is a small thing, but. I know uh, when Olivia got in contact with Huck and she told him to shut all the cell towers down in the area or whatever, but people could still take pictures on their phone, no, right? No, 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 no. no. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Did you see how those screens blackened? Like it was a kill switch. It yeah. wasn't the cell tower. Ooh. It was a kill switch. And that's why I remember he was explaining. And Olivia basically goes, I don't care. Can you do it? There's Got a kill it. switch in phones. It literally, it, the phone no longer works. That's why I remember when the guy literally held up his well, phone. Well, no, I saw that, but I was like, how would... Oh, no, no, no. Okay, got it's it. It's a kill got switch. It. Got it. What I loved about this episode, if you've been watching the after show for a while, you know that I'm pretty much a diehard Elitz fan for the most part. And Olivia and Fitz were finally reunited, and it felt so good. Mm -hmm. Nope. It felt so good. Listen, listen, listen. It felt good. No. It felt good. That music was playing, and it felt good. No, as soon as the music came on, I was like, turn the music off. Let me tell you you my problem with... (laughs) That was the that was the wrong time to have that conversation to sweet talk and, and the smooch and all that. That was the wrong wait 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 wait. But the first time they engaged, they talked specifically about business. They talked about the door. They talked about the situation. She told Fitz he needs to man up and handle the situation. They talked about business. It was on the next interaction after she had her interaction with Melly that they went to business. Still, it was not appropriate. I, I mean, didn't like it. if you're if your boot thing just up and left you. I understand you're dealing with and this situation. Too, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a, a weird wrench in this situation. You know how there's um 
you guys are going to not know where I'm going for a second. You know, a lot of celebrities, or not a lot, but there are a handful of celebrities who end up having affairs with their nannies, mm-hmm. right? Like and arguably, some people think it's because if you put another person in the role of the caregiver of your of your child, things start to get skewed, right? She was in trouble. Karen was in trouble. She didn't call her best friend. She didn't call her mom. She called Olivia Pope. That's why Melly got so upset. In general, the fact that Olivia in the totality is a fixer and theoretically has arguably gotten fits to be president, holds his family together, even holds Melly together when he was unaware that she had been sexually assaulted. She's the one who told. She's the one who basically nurtures everyone. It's actually normal then to see her in that motherly nurturing role, which then kind of leads into sex. No, but he was the so one the that before. No, but in that moment, <laughs> he, she, he had, she had literally saved his child. Like, that's what a mom, that's a mom's job. That's why Melly got so upset. So in that moment, of course he's going to look at her like, like, you just saved my child. Not that you're my wife or the mother of my child, but it gets commingled. It gets muddy. But so the- I think it was actually the timing of it was perfect because of what had happened. It would have been different if... She stopped like terrorists. I don't think there would have been the same emotional connection. He was already vulnerable about what had happened with his child, and his child basically saying, like, no, I F them. Like, I didn't get assaulted. I consciously did it. And what do you think about that conversation between Fitz and his daughter, what she said? I think that Brian brings up an excellent point. But I think there's a subtext to there that Melly brings up the difference between the gender roles and sexism. Like, I think it is true that the, that, that her dad automatically has to think, oh, she had to have been assaulted. Not that she consciously was a willing participant and or the orchestrator of the entire situation. Why? Because she's a girl. So there's that tiny part of that aspect of it, the sass that I like, but not necessarily the reason behind why she did it. Well, that's a good point, too. I think that's a great point and something that's pointed out it, it, really well done in the script is that, you know, and, and Joe Morton kept uh, tweeting about it tonight. He's like, uh, you know, he said one guy and two girls, it would have been cool. Mm-hmm. You know, one girl and two guys, all of a sudden it's shameful. So uh, that's an interesting thing to look at. But where it came from, I, I think, you know, the bottom line is she's still a young kid. Exactly. And those kind of decisions when you're that young – and Olivia Pope says it to the parents. This is child pornography. Like, when you're that young, those kind of decisions, in my mind, can't be made from an adult brain. They just can't. You Agree, don't 100%. have an adult brain. Agree. So uh, it's it's a little bit different. Boy or girl at that point, man or woman, when you're, you know, how old is she, 17, 16? Because yeah, yeah. you, you don't yeah. have adult, con- uh, you can't consent because you're not theoretically an adult. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's different. Now we'll get back to Olips. But before we get to Olips, we have to talk about Melly and Olivia because the interaction they had when they first started. <laughs> first of all, it was just funny. She was on the phone with Jake, like, being all lovey-dovey for a little second. Now all of a sudden, she's just another, whoop! <laughs> like, whoop! But the way oh, the way God. Melly went up to her and grabs her, like Olivia, what are you doing here? I mean, but Melly was right. Wait, wait, but she chased her. She chased her. <laughs> in, in, in a row and Uggs. She chased her <laughs> down the White House hallway in a robe and Uggs. There was no click clack of heels. It was slide slide. It was great. I'm sad that Melly's going through what she's going through, but these scenes with Melly in her robe are freaking hilarious. And all the, the uh, side comments from Cyrus. But uh, when he grabbed, or she, when she grabbed her and she addressed her. Uh, it was it was kind of like that moment where Melly said, I think, like, first or second episode when she was telling Fitz, you know, just let me know. Let me know when you see her. Just let me know when you see her, when you're going to be with her, whatever. 
And it was more, I feel like she was upset, one, because she was in the White House, but it will be different if, you know, Fitz got back with Olivia and she wasn't in there. So in her mind, though, she's in the White House, like, running things again, and she's like, why are you here? And she's probably just flat out tired of her. Mm-hmm. Every aspect of Melly's life, whether it be her husband, her, you know, um, them trying to fix things that that's going on, her kids now, every aspect of Melly's life seems to have an Olivia Pope presence. Mm-hmm. She's over her. She's over her. It's kind of like Abby, what Abby's going through. Yes, she is over it. That's why she yoked her up and grabbed her like that. Because nope. she's like, I am so sick of you. Please leave. Just see, go home. But this is where my problem comes. Because although Melly was, is going through her situation, um, I feel that as a mother, she should have been informed of what's going on with her child. Thank regardless, you. Thank you. Regardless of how she's feeling. As a matter of fact, I even my perspective of Melly's morning now even changes because I sometimes forget that they have kids that because <laughs> we don't we don't we don't see them I, I forget that they have kids right. so the fact that you know Karen was brought into this episode it, it changes my, my my perspective she needed to get out of that morning thing a long time ago that's just my opinion but um, but I feel like she should have been informed because you know that's her child and if I had done if. I could just imagine if if I would have done something like that and and, and the mom, she would kill me. I'm going to piggyback on what Bam just said. I completely agree. And I also agree based on what Bam said and what Brian said earlier because I think there's there's an emotional element because at the end of the day, we still have a child who is mourning, who did something that could have longer repercussions emotionally. And the person who is best equipped to handle that is her mom. Regardless of where you kind of fall with Melly, you like her, you don't like her. So it's a a serious issue. It's not just an issue of this kid got drunk, had sex at a party. Do you know what I mean? Because the genesis of it, just like Melly said, wasn't empowerment, wasn't that she wanted to have a good time, wasn't any of those things. It was the fact that she was mourning. So yeah, she should have been told, you can't X her out of this situation and then and as we'll talk about you can't then yell at her for not being present if you're not including her in the conversation and I think Anilia and I both made a comment like when Fitz didn't tell Melly from the get up like just let her know just tell her. stop trying to pacify her we talked about this last week like just tell her stop sugarcoating everything because it's not going to help especially if it's happening in the White House and Olivia Pope's in the White House she did run into her like it was going to happen it was bound to happen why not just tell her from the jump she's going to find out and <laughs> In addition to that, um, I just lost my thought. You'll, you'll catch it. It's also, it's her house. Yes. Like, let's also be yeah. real. Yes, yes, the White House is residential and, and business, but it's still her house. There's a difference between you've lost your child, does it make sense? You're used to them doing whatever they're doing, but it's, you've had a time, number one. Not only have you had time, but Olivia wasn't there when Fitz needed, her, needed him, right? So what did that mean? That means he also wasn't there for Melly. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if he had been there, like, that's why initially when it happened and he he was like, oh, and she was like, oh, I'll call Olivia. And she dialed the number. She's thinking to herself, I'm going to make sure Fitz gets whatever Fitz needs to get through this mourning period. He didn't have that. Now, all of a sudden, two months, three months later, you pop up in my house? Like, I don't care if she has consented to this. I don't care if she has thrown Olivia at him. I don't care about any of that. In that moment, you're basically like, what the hell is this, you know what, doing in my house? And that's exactly the interaction she had. And I think she caught herself in the moment of her crazy when she grabbed Olivia's arm. Mm -hmm. And the manner in which Olivia looked at her, like, seriously? 
Like, you have hands on me? Because that's a whole different now dynamic that a line that once crossed can't be crossed back. But Well, I want to talk more about that and Melly and Fitz and that situation, but also more about Olitz. But we're going to go to a quick commercial break, and then we're going to continue the discussion. Wherever you live in this great country of ours, Dish can bring you great TV. From the big city to the farmlands, high on a mountain or low in the valley, Dish delivers all the great movies, shows, and sports you can handle. Monthly packages start at just $19.99 a month for 12 months. This is your day, America. Get Dish and get thousands of TV shows and movies on demand and free installation in up to six rooms. Visit dish.com slash after buzz. That's dish.com slash after buzz. Limited time offer, 24-month commitment and credit qualification required. Cancellation fee and other restrictions apply. Requires a clear view of the Southern Sky. Call for details. Did he just say we can get Dish for just nineteen ninety nine a month? Well, yes, he did, dear. And what do we pay for TV now? A whole lot more than that, dear. And why do we do that? I don't know. Get Dish. Go to dish.com slash afterbuzz. That's dish.com slash afterbuzz. All right, guys. There are so many moments in this episode that had me going like <gasps> at the screen but Melly and Fitz the way that they I mean we know that they can fight we know that they can go at each other but this scene it didn't come out of nowhere but it was just a lot to handle because Fitz has this built up tension and aggression because of what's going on with Melly he knows she's mourning but at the same time like he said in his argument I'm still doing my job I'm still being present I'm still running the country so you're <laughs> like you're walking around bathrobe and Uggs and you know drinking in the morning and eating your donuts and all this stuff so I get what he was saying but do you think in this situation that Fitz was too harsh you are he's he's late you're super, 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 super late. Again, you're the man, you're the husband, okay? You are moving on, but you need to also help your wife help you, uh, help the two of you move on together. Not make this a separate situation. Quick question. When you, say, when you say that he was late, though, do you mean that this argument should have happened before, or he should have just addressed it he earlier? He should have addressed it so that there is no argument. Got it. Ooh. Got it. He needed to get it off his chest, but I agree with Bam. It was like, at this point, it was like, all right, Fitz, you done. Knock it off. Because... This the way you you tried to kill yourself. Is she is she, you know? Are we gonna talk about that too? They could go tit for tat all they want. Get it off your chest and keep it pushing. And then he even said the mess you made, and then he corrected himself and said the mess we made. So um, I, I will say that um, it was late, but at least he acknowledged that they were both at fault. So it, it he it was inappropriate. It, he should have said it a long time ago. But finally. It's been said. I like that he acknowledged it, but what bothered me in this scene was how he cut Melly so low with the mother talk about how he made the comment about how uh, she hasn't been a mother since she abdicated her. She abdicated that right once a fit or Jerry died. And then he talked about how the nanny is more of a mother to the son than uh, than she is and mm-hmm. how uh, he calls nanny Jen or whatever his mom. <laughs> like, And I get what he was saying, but and I know that when you are in an argument with your significant other, you can say some hurtful things. But I just felt like that was way, way, way too low, especially with how she's dealing with it. But now, This is the problem is... Does the ends justify the means? Knowing who Melly is, <laughs> I was using her to say that. Like as the, as a whole person, would she have heard it any other way than the way that he delivered it? Hmm. And he said those things to her before. This True. isn't his first time calling her a bad mom. Well, and the, and, and the truth is, what does Melly say to to uh, Karen? 
She says, you are the daughter of the most powerful man in the world. Your responsibility is to not do that. She is the wife of the most powerful man in the world. You can't check out for three months or however long she's been checked out for. You can't. It it is an unfortunate uh, 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 consequence of your position. (laughs) You can't. Most of us, when you lose a child, you have your time to grieve. But in that position, you know, uh, when was how long after was after uh, JFK was shot? Jackie O was ninety minutes later. She was at the inauguration or the yeah. swearing in of a. Uh, I'm going to forget who, who became president after that. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, she was at the swearing in yeah. ninety minutes yeah. after she held her husband in her hands. Right. That's your responsibility. That's just it's what true. comes with the territory. Yeah, and even Excellent if you're a, re- a regular wife, most families, both parents have to work. You lose a child, you eventually have to get back on it, and you have to go back. You you mourn at work, or you have to you know do whatever you can to push through. But most people don't have that that leisure to just you know seclude themselves and stay where they are. Well, it's it's one of, like, of the bigger things, themes of this show, I think, in general is is your responsibilities to the republic versus your personal responsibilities. Mm-hmm. It, it carries over into every single relationship, every single character on the show. You know, in a well deep said. way. What though? My thing was when Melly said, um, "She said, why is Liv handling this? I should be dealing with this. You, you can get out of it. Let me handle the whole thing." If she'd like, because we talked about, you said like he said this to her before. Why would she think that she could possibly handle? Because, because she's a mother. Listen, no matter what situation that you're going through or whatever problems that you're going through, when something tends to your child, then. Everything goes out of the window, then boom, you go back into mommy mode, which is exactly what she did when she walked into the bedroom. She sat on her bed and she comforted her and she oh, gave her and said, "Great scene." What? What? Oh, and said what she said. So she snapped out of it, and that's what moms do. They snap out of it. But she had to do a dig first. Oh, of course. Oh, she got do you know what I mean? <laughs> but at, also at the expense of her daughter. Mm-hmm. So, so I agree with you on the next scene, but Melly's still being Melly. Yeah, and <laughs> but, but, but you know. Who would have sat there and just gotten gotten whiplashed? Right. Who would have took a, a beating like that without saying something? Because I know I would have snapped back. I was hoping that he would have snapped back. I wanted to keep coming. Back and forth, yeah. Said, right, but she should have snapped at him not in relationship to, to her know. child. Like, oh, like father, like daughter. Like, oh, you both make sex tapes? You know what I mean? Like, so good, though. God snaps to the scandal writers. They're so good. But can we, let's not forget that Karen did catch mommy coming That's out of exactly the room with, mm, um, right. with uh, Andrew. Andrew so right. Interesting choice of words. Coming exactly. out of the room. <laughs> Everyone lives in glass houses on this show. They do. Everyone lives in a glass house. That's why you have to throw the first stone. Right to the house. I love this show. Now we're going to talk about what I want to talk about. Oh, let's and no. go into detail. And I, Cornelia, you can um, vouch for this. On my notes. I put, oh, lips is back. And I put, she had her I want it face because when she got there, she <laughs> She did. Right, but but let's just go back. But Jake puts it down, though, right? <laughs> J- Jake puts it down, right? I've never seen Olivia make a face like that with Jake. Didn't she say something in there? She's like, I, I missed it. Or I missed well, you. Well, no, he asked her like three. Like, see, I don't know if we can have a grown folk moment with a guest here, but we might have to have a grown folk moment. Her entire body language exactly. was screaming. So again, kids, turn the channel, do something else. Can her I say ins- something? It was, Go ahead. It was, it was like this. So if um, if are we going to reenact? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah reenact. Oh. Re-enact oh. If 
if, if I'm a, if I'm Olivia, this was her. It's late she, in LA. she was literally she was literally swooning while holding on to him mm-hmm. because she, can she needed it. that moment. So it was like swoon. I was about to make a comment, but it's... I was gonna make another comment, but I don't know if I could do I'm it on say camera. That online. She was she was quivering. Yeah, multiple times. Mm. And I'll leave it there. Not to that. Wow, we gonna way to go, Fitz. It's good to be the king. <laughs> But, yeah, well, I mean, I, 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 I rolled my eyes. I don't want to see that. Mm-mm, I am mm-mm, so mm-mm. tired. Listen. But did it need to happen? Yes, it needed to happen, but also... But why? No, it needs to happen because they need they need why? to figure this out. Because this when they had that little moment with the, the hands passing, like, that was built-up tension. She hasn't seen him in whatever. If they're going to call it off, and I've, I've said this as much as I'm an Olitz fan, I want her to be single right now. I get mm-hmm. that. But at the same time, we can't deny the passion that's there. However, what I do have a problem with in this scene is the fact that she did not tell him that she went away with Jake and then had to backtrack and tell him a couple of minutes later, it seemed like. But because you have... You go ahead. You were going to say something, bro. No, I was going to say she, they have this moment, but mm-hmm. she then says, I didn't go mm-hmm. away alone. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, why didn't you just tell him from the jump? Because you wanted to get that quiver? You wanted to get that passion? You of course! Of course! Or she was protecting protecting his feelings when, in fact, what he needs to be doing is filing those divorce papers. I don't. I'm for for me. Okay, she. You said she needed it needed to happen, Mm -hmm. but why? He's still gonna be married. They're still not gonna be together. They're still not gonna run to her. They're still not going to do any of this. So why do they even need to have these moments? I agree with you. I agree with you. But this is my problem. My problem is with Olivia mentioning Jake because even though she should have mentioned in the first conversation, that's not why we're not we're not together. We're not together either because I think my mom killed your son. Or it's because you're married. She always inc- she always makes it about someone else. It's not about Jake. You don't want to be with Jake. You want to be with Sid. So at the end of the day, she should have said, I left because we can't be together. We can't be together because I think my mom, blah, blah, blah. And for the last however many four years, you have not left your wife. And so it's also you, not it, Jake's. It's none, of his, it's none of his damn business why I decided to go and, and lay on the beach with Jake for all this time because you're married. Right. Now, I do, when you kept, well, Keneally, you kept saying, why, does, why did the conversation happen? Obviously, they've been gone for a long time. So there has to have been there has there needed to be this moment of conversation to say, hey, what's up? Where you been? <laughs> oh, I've been gone. Where, there has to be there has to be a conversation. But it wasn't where, a conversation. It was him putting his hand down her pants to try to make her, you know, feel a certain way so he can have so he can be so he can be the aggressor. There was no conversation. The no. conversation started, but then Fitz was classic Fitz. Let me get all in. up in your space because you I know what I'm going to do with you. So Fitz, if you want to have a conversation, let's have a conversation. If you want to have sex, let's have sex. But don't try to blur the lines when we're supposed to be having a conversation and try to confuse me by trying to get sexual. But do you think that, but do you think the first embrace was sexual or do you think the first embrace was I miss my friend? I think it was both. Okay. But because that's the way. Miss- that's one of the ways they communicate. Mm-hmm. It is. That's one of the ways you communicate with people. It's the truth. Grown ups communicate through t- touch and 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 sometimes sex. And agree. That's so uh, you know, it's not always logical. We're not logical beings. I In real you. life, we're not. Mm-hmm. That's just the truth. I mean, you can open the paper and see that every day. I, hear I you. still. <laughs> Go where your where's your wife? This the, this um this this. Uh, situation with the daughter She's Karen. eating Doritos, by the way, in a row. And, <laughs> so, <laughs> and fried chicken. Drunk Melly, yeah. Smelly Melly, Screwed Up Melly, Crying Melly, Eat Too Much Melly. 
um, the problem was still not solved as, as far as the scandal with Karen. So I don't think it was appropriate for him to uh, get up all on uh, on uh, um, on Olivia. live like that. Uh-huh. Your priority should be your daughter and making sure that the um that the evidence is ext- uh, is destroyed stop trying to get a feeling on this is priority no your priority no no that's fuck, uh, excuse me <laughs> no your priority is your daughter uh, um i was about to say something else his fifth yes. priority is his daughter not no damn olivia but he's already he's already admitted though that he's a bad father mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, in his mind, just like everyone says, and we won't really touch upon it, but even back to what Cyrus says, like, you will never be Olivia Pope. Like, Olivia Pope never loses. She is the end-all, be-all. So at the end of the day, he feels comfortable that once he put it in Olivia's hands, it's taken care of. And so I love now that. he can... No, I was just going to say, so what? what is Olivia's role in all this? <clears throat> Where's her responsibility in all this? She... If- she needs to listen. Her Every response. time I see them, the Price is Right music comes on when you lose a game. That doom, 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 doom. Every time. <laughs> Every time I see them together. She needs to, she needs to, if she's going to, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Stephen. Every I'll time. I'll take the lawn furniture. <laughs> For a hundred. I think Olivia, if she wants to keep doing this back and forth with Fitz, she needs to say out of her mouth, I don't care that you're married. Agreed. I don't care about any of this. I'm just going to keep on living right. this life with you, whether it's bad or people think it's, it's shady, whether I feel icky because Olivia feels icky. There's nothing you could tell me that she makes does. her feel... And you can see that in that scene, though, actually. Icky. So if she's going to keep doing this, say that you're going. You're all in with this. If not, shut your mouth, walk out, and stop letting stop letting this happen. Going back and Didn't forth. you do that at the end of that scene? Doesn't yes, but I think for out? the wrong reasons. I think for the wrong reasons. Because, again, I think that I'm going to piggyback and take it one step further. I think she doesn't need to say, I'm okay with this. I think she literally, from her mouth, needs to say, I want you to divorce your wife. Thank you. She's never said that. She said, you need to earn me. I'm not this. I'm not that. Whatever. No, come out of your mouth and say, I want you to divorce your wife. But Let fits- him, as a man, because we always keep talking about this man. He's supposed to be a man. da 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 let him then make the decision because he clearly knows where you stand with the situation. Mm-hmm. I think what she did was she blamed Jake, she blamed her mom, she blamed all of these circumstances, but I think she's not true to her feelings because you're right, because there is this push and pull, and her moral center is not okay with this. You have to choose. Gosh, it's so well written. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> because her whole career and livelihood depends on him. In a sense, mm-hmm. you know, she put him on that pedestal. And to say now, give all that up, like we saw that last season, him saying, I will do it. I want to do this. Let's do this. And her saying, no, you can't do this. Re-election's coming up. You can't do this right now. I, it's God, it's just a, ugh, I love it. But then it makes me think, especially I think this episode is endemic of it. And I'm going to eat my words probably next week. Should they be in the White House? <laughs> no. I keep Do you know saying what I mean? this. And, and no. every part of them. Fitz technically was never really properly elected the first time. Preach. He won the second time because his kid died. Mm-hmm. Melly is Melly. So let's just, I mean, call it as we call it. So. Listen, you know I'm. I, Do you know what I mean? And then even as a family structure. And again, think about it. I'm just going to run the last three sets of, of presidences, right? Or presidents. So you have, the, you have the Bush twins. They got in a little bit of trouble, but not that bad, right? Then you had um, Chelsea, right? Chelsea Clinton. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's like a gosh darn poster child. And now you have 
Sasha and Malia. Sasha and Malia. I mean, beyond poster child for the new era of 2014, they're just accessible enough, but not too much so. They're children. You know that they're bright. You know they're well-loved. And the family structure, whether or not it's real or not, I choose to believe it is 100% real. It's a family structure. Who's taking care of the kids? Not a nanny. Their grandma. So I just say that from a from a public perspective as well as the internal, integral aspects of the presidency, I don't think Fitz earned it. I really don't think he did. Well, let us know what you think online. And also, we won't touch on this, but Olivia is back, as we saw in the scene, how Ooh. she handled the parents who tried to get the money and extort the president. So let us know what you think about all that. Go to iTunes. We are on iTunes every week right after the show ends. It goes up on iTunes a couple hours later. Make sure you like, comment, but most importantly, share and subscribe. Share with your friends, share with your family, share with people on the street. You watch Scandal? Yeah, girl! (laughs) You should check this show out. Go to YouTube. Watch us on YouTube. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but we're finally over 100,000 views on our first after show of the season. So thank you guys so much for that record wow. numbers, not just for this show, but um, we're now one of the top videos from After Buzz overall time. So that's great to It really to means that of. you gladiators rock. <clears throat> yeah. So it, it's, it feels Amen pretty amazing. That. Right? Yeah. Oh, my God. And it just shows the power of this show. I'm not about to go preaching right now. Because <laughs> I felt like it was coming. No one preaches enough for everybody. Right? right? Don't even go there. I'll Speaking of Rowan, we're we about agree. to get right into yes. Rowan right now. Rowan, I said last week, do not mess with Rowan. I said this last week. I said, <sighs> Rowan... This is just coming to you last week? No, no, no. But <laughs> last, week, with last week, you just got this. Last week, I said, I said, because uh, some of my co-hosts, Bam, yes. made a comment. <laughs> Bam and Sophie actually, they made a comment Bam. because Jake confronted Rowan at dinner. I said that was a no-go. And they're like, no, I feel like he should have done it. But I said that Rowan is an eternal cold piece. Rowan should not be messed with. And Rowan showed up and showed out, literally showed up and showed out today in that scene. Well, yeah, I mean, let's go straight to the first scene with, with Tom and Rowan. Well, or Tom, back up? no, no, yeah, okay. we can back up. Yeah. Tom, who's in studio here, so we're going to definitely ask you some questions, but Tom is in a shitty situation because he's between two killers right now, two, one former head of B613, one current head of B613, like, it's just a lose-lose situation for him. Who is he going to ally with? And Jake's telling him, don't trust him, trust me. Rowan's saying, you better do this, I'm putting the <laughs> clock on this. So, in that situation, who would you who I would mean, you trust? You know who I'm. Team. I mean, I obviously Rowan for me. Yeah, I'm team Rowan. Without without what happened at the end in that first this is, scene. This is my only thing is, and I have to be careful how I say this. I wasn't personally a fan of the little light with the car. Like you know how they put the bomb underneath the car? Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a rookie move. Mm-hmm. Like I think personally, my my viewpoint of Tom, Tom knows better than that. And to me, Tom would have taken care of the situation, even if it was from, like, a place of self-survival. The fact that he didn't, to me, means he really is a soldier of the Republic. Does that make sense? Like, everyone, I think, on this show is very selfish. Like, everyone is like, me, 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 I need to protect me. The fact that he didn't, like, ace Jake right away means that he's really following orders and he's doing what he's told, not that he's he's only looking out for self. So, intellectually and morally, I respect that. The slightly gangster part of me is like, no, dude, you should have taken Jake out, like, immediately, not from some little car bomb with a light. I get that. I get that. I think as the episode progressed, though, 
I do have a question. I don't know if you can answer this. And I know we were probably all thinking it. It was the scene where they finally addressed the situation with Tom and him missing and going to Fort Detrick. And Cyrus is there defending, saying, oh, I'm not sure everything's okay. Is Cyrus a part of what went down with the president's son? <laughs> There's no way in hell. Are you sure? Because why would he be so adamant to defend Tom the way he was? Because, well, because also, too, like, Tom is inner circle. Like, let's just go back a little bit. Like, we in this room have always been Team Tom. We uh, called Hal a snitch. We We're did. like this little blinker. We we literally have been like, Tom is like, yay, Olitch, whatever. Like, yeah, he let it slip with the reporter, blah, blah, blah. But we still were like, yo, Tom is our dude. True. Do you know what I mean? And so when we d- discovered that he was like a double agent for B613, we were like, but then there was still a part of us that was like, no, but it's Tom. So maybe that's the best double agent for there to be. But then we find out, oh, crap, he kills Jerry. Like, <laughs> I don't trust Cyrus. I think Cyrus is a part of it. I truly believe Cyrus. I, I, I get what you're saying. Yes, we've all been Team Tom. And if we take from, if we take that approach, just like we view Tom right. saying that Cyrus views him the same right. way. But at the same time, we have to look at it this way. We kind of view, like Fitz views Tom. We view him as this. We have some inside knowledge. We have, you know, we have the third, or what's it called? Camera speak? Fourth wall? Yeah, we break that wall. Mm -hmm. So we see other things that Fitz doesn't see. So I understand that Fitz sees Tom as this this savior, this person who always protects me. But as Cyrus has said, Cyrus is, like Cornelia says, in them streets. Cyrus knows what's going on. Cyrus is is, is his bulldog. Cyrus, I feel like Cyrus would have some type of knowledge. Cyrus has had contact with Rowan. Cyrus, don't trust. I don't trust him. Or could it be as simple as Cyrus wanted Fitz to win and he knew when maybe Rowan came to, and predictions (gasps) down, maybe Rowan came to Cyrus and said, we need to get this done in order for Fitz to win. I'm going to kill the son or something. And he would do that. Who knows? He would do that. So then, but then wouldn't he have protected Tom better? No. No! Cyrus didn't oh. barely protect his husband. No, but then... That's true. He did. Yeah. So why would he care no, about no, a no, secret no, no, service? No, no. But he was, he was willing to take his husband out to keep the secret. My thing is this. If Cyrus, in fact, and I know I'm, I'm literally, as I'm talking, I'm like not believing it, but I'm still going to keep going. If, <laughs> if, right. If Perfect. Cyrus knows that Tom... And it was involved, right? And then he's going to protect Tom. Because in that room, he doesn't know what Tom's going to say. And Tom potentially outing Rowan could then trace back to Cyrus. And if, for any reason, Fitz thinks that Cyrus killed his son... But then, can also, Cyrus can, be the one that sent Rowan in there? But let me also say this. When, n- not that good of an actor yeah. as Cyrus. As, as Jeff Perry, he's... Effing phenomenal. I get what you're saying. But as Cyrus in the Amen moment, he's like, that. "What's going on?" No. When, when Fitz, when uh, when Cyrus asked Fitz about the whole thing, um, about the description, mm-hmm. uh, the discrepancy on November, no, November second, the look on Cyrus' face, it wasn't like he knew what was going on, but was pretending. He seemed like he genuinely didn't know what the hell was going on because when Cyrus doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't like not knowing what's going on. So there was a look on his face that said, wait a minute, why don't I know November 2nd? I'm Cyrus. I know everything. That was just kind of a, um expression that uh, that he gave, in my opinion. Okay, okay. Well, let us know what you think. Hopefully, but, hopefully there's some people on my side, but I, I can definitely see. I'm interested to see where this plays out. So let's see. Are we going to go in the room? Oh, my gosh. First of all, we have to... So Jake, like I said, Jake told Tom... Trust me. 
and Jake has been adamant trying to get he tried to get information to Fitz right before Fitz went to go see Tom and what was going down with the interrogation and then they get down there but when Jake or when Tom was talking to the um, investigator and he was sitting there and he was just about to reveal like tell the truth and let the truth fly free when Rowan stepped into that room I was at the edge of my seat from that moment until the end of the episode because Rowan the way first of all Eli Pope, Rowan, Joe Morton is the most incredible actor, and we'll talk about and what no, it is and like doing the show. You know what? Let's actually go there now yeah. because on, when we were watching, you literally were talking about how it was to do that scene with him. Well, yeah, I mean, you you watch. I've I've watched him for I don't know a season and a half, however long, and I haven't actually had that much to do with him. And, right. And to, so I was looking forward to that hugely, and then to sit in a room with him and and knowing where I had to go. Which was to give up Jake, and Tom is not someone, in my opinion, who's going to give something up easily in that regard. Um, <clears throat> you needed a lot of pushing. You needed someone who could really. The situation certainly would make me. I have to choose. I know the president's right there. There's a lot going on. I feel guilty. I think about what I did, um, but. Joe Morton is a powerful, powerful actor to be in the room with, and you needed that, and that's where, you know, clearly the writers know who they're dealing with. They gave him something. He's going to push that character, push Tom to give up Jake. And Jake had to, Tom has no choice at that point. What are you going to do wait, at that moment? We had some, we had some, not a mini fight, because bam. Or, <laughs> I'll say it. When you gave up Jake and not gave up the true information, I called his character a wussy with a P, capital P. You did. You did. <laughs> you know, um, and I almost jumped out of my chair and proved you wrong. But you are, you are, you are too sweet in real life to do that. <laughs> Thank you so much, because I'm only 142 pounds. And you're, you're way bigger than I. You're a professional. You're, so, um, but I just think that you should. I understand why it was safer to to go with Rowan, but have some damn balls. You know, you made your. But, bed but with, he's gonna cut him off if exactly. I have him. If I show him my balls, he will take them and slice them off in front of me. What 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 does Tom do in that situation? But is he gonna cut his balls off anyway? Because he's still the only other person. Live who knows. another day. Live another but day and fight for another day. Who Tom, knows? Tom has been there. Tom has been there with uh, Rowan for we don't know how long. Mm-hmm. Partnering with the head of B613. Tom knows what goes down in them streets. Mm-hmm. So, here's the thing. If Tom would have gave up Rowan, yes, he... It's, that's a sure death. But we know how Rowan gets down. That the could be a lot. was sitting right outside. Do you think Rowan would have took him out just right that second? No, 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 I'm not saying that, but that's oh. what I'm saying. Look how Rowan's agents handle things. Huck will torture you. Charlie will torture you. He can keep this going on. He'll put you in a hole. He'll, like, that will be a long, painful death. A long, painful death. If he ratted out Jake, though, like oh, you okay. said, you live another day, but at the okay, same time... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off for a second. Because we talk about this a lot on this show. Theoretically, if Tom really works for B613 and not the president, he should then be loyal to... His command, his chain right. of command, right? If we call him, uh, call him a soldier. So as a soldier, you follow through with your orders. You don't jump ship just because it gets hard. Because right. the- theoretically, as a soldier, you're willing to put your life on the line for, like we said, the Republic. Which theoretically is Rowan. So on that moment on the chair or on the bench with Jake, when Jake basically was like, what are you going to do? And was trying to make him flip. 
wouldn't that in theory make him a traitor? So isn't it better for him to hold the line and really just follow through? Because at the end of the day, you made a conscious choice to kill the president's son, go down with the ship. To follow orders. But this is, again, what, what, what every character on this show must deal with, which is do I, how do I serve the republic and how do I serve myself? Mm-hmm. You know, because on, on the park bench, I would argue that Tom has an affinity for Jake. He'd prefer that Jake be command. Jake did things a little bit differently. You know, mm-hmm. he would prefer that. However, Jake's not command. Rowan is. And we've seen the psychological effect that Rowan has on people. We've seen it in Huck. Uh, not, you know, a, a Charlie. Charlie's a little bit different cat, you know, <laughs> in the way he kills and the way he deals with it. But certainly in Huck, what the effects of Rowan on him. And I think Tom lives with some of that, too. That's, what, to, to me, what the... the Hand holding at the end was about, you know, and the, the, the please protect me, please help me. There is a Stockholm syndrome wow. yeah, that, that goes on between Rowan and these guys that he's trained. That's, um, you know, that, that, that frankly goes on. I think with with uh, you know, yeah, it's a, it's it's, it's tough. So <clears throat> not only are you serving the Republic, but you are essentially trying to please daddy the way Olivia would, you know. It also alluded that when when uh Papa Pope Rowan held your hand, the way the the camera the the camera angles, it alluded cuz his fist was bald. So it, it seemed like he maybe maybe planted something to kind of put into your it just kind of alluded like like there could be something that he slipped like into a pill? like he, like he slipped something in your hand and then when you had your hands behind your back and your and your um uh when you were cuffed your fists were were um you 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 had two fists to allude that there was something in your um in your palm. Check your coffee mug. Cuz you called me that name. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Right. No, I'm, 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 I don't know. We'll see next week what, what comes down with that. But yeah. But okay, I want to just I want to just uh, get a little nosy really quick. As far as um, as far as your character, did you find out? Did you find out what was to come when you went to the table read that you guys have been tweeting about, or did you know anything prior to your character? No, you you don't find anything out prior. Okay, I, I, I certainly don't. Um, uh, you find out in the moment, mm-hmm. which is pretty spectacular, because you're you're reading in that script in particular. I I, I thought for sure I was done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's no way I'm getting out of this out of this episode alive. <laughs> Something's going to happen. Um, so you're finding out in the moment, which I think is really smart, because as an actor, a you can't judge the moment. You have to play it honestly. Mm-hmm. You literally don't see a word before you read the script. So you're reading completely cold at the table read. And the other thing that I think is really smart about it is the the people in the room give an honest reaction to what they're seeing. They, so the writers get some idea of what the audience might experience mm-hmm. with the script as the, as it is, um, and they can make changes if they don't get the reaction they want. But <laughs> there was a lot of gasps and and you know holy craps during the, that table, as there are I'm sure <laughs> for every table read of this show. But uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, you you find out in the moment, which is pretty pretty fantastic, I have to say. Uh, it's exhilarating. Specific. Oh, I was just gonna say specifically for this table read though, because uh, we addressed earlier. You know, you haven't had that many speaking lines in the show, yeah, but you've sure. been a prominent face in the show. What was it like as you were reading and find out that you did have these massive scenes in this episode? How did that feel for you? 
Exciting? Are you kidding me? Exciting? I mean, you're on a you know you're on a Shonda Rhimes show, and you're surrounded by this incredible cast, and and uh, you know, like I said, I admire Joe's work and Scott's work, the same thing, and you glean what you can from the relationships from the from the episodes I was in prior, but but you, there, there's nothing like having some words to express yourself and to give you an idea of who this character really is right. in relation to these other people. There's nothing like it. So it was, it was it's a blast. You know, and it and it's a phenomenal group of people. So the support, you know, and everyone being excited for you after all this time was yeah, was, Brian. Yeah, yeah. It was it's. It, I mean, look, I'm not gonna play it cool. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome, and uh, yeah, to be with Scott and Joe, and uh, it's pretty cool. What was the casting process like? Because you've been with uh, you've been since season one. So what was like your audition yeah. casting process like? And then did you know that you would be reoccurring? And what was that like? Oh God! Again, you don't know anything. At least I don't know anything. Uh, That's a great question. We I I had one audition, one audition. No callback. No, I wow. No, because I I don't know if if Linda Lowy, the casting director, I don't know if she knew me from something else, or it was just supposed to be one episode. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just supposed to be that one first scene where we let the president leave the White House, and I've got kind of the back and forth with with Tony about we'll give you this when we negotiate about how we're going to let him get out of the White House, and that was it. And then there was one little scene at the at season one, and I think season two I maybe had I don't know six or seven episodes, and then season three it obviously got a little bit bigger. Um, <laughs> you know, not a ton of words, but yeah. lots of phone handing off and more more <laughs> uh, more significant role. And um, but I knew none of that. You know, it's been it's been uh, <clears throat> it's been a, a, a great surprise and also a great exercise and just being patient and mm-hmm. having fun and enjoying the ride and. Who knew? You know, who knew? Speaking of enjoying a ride now, if um, for some of you fans who are not familiar, you have a brother who's an actor. Yeah. And his name is Matt Letcher. Yes. And he's also on Scandal, and he <laughs> plays Billy Chambers. Yes. So, I mean, sh- shoot, like, <laughs> tell me something. <laughs> we grew up as very bad children. <laughs> <laughs> we learned to kill at a young age. Um, no, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, Matt. Um, surprisingly enough, when I went into audition, they did not know I was Matt's brother, which 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 gave me a great. Yeah, it was cool. Um, had no idea, uh, so that was kind of neat to get on the same show. It was a huge thrill for my mom. Um, <laughs> my babies, yeah, totally. And God bless her. She, she has earned it for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and uh, you know, it's uh, I, I I don't think either one of us ever thought that would happen mm-hmm. that we would be on the same show. And it's you, hard enough to get on a show, mm-hmm. let alone the same show. And you guys have never appeared in the same scene, so do no. you guys e- have conversations about you know? We act each- out our our own ideas of what our scenes might be on Scandal together on the weekends around a barbecue. <laughs> 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 no, uh, no, we do have conversations. I mean, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean. I'll be honest. We talk. We talk about work, but we also we we are both writers, and we talk about uh, our own projects. I mean, we're thrilled about Scandal, and and uh, he'll, he you know when this episode was coming on, he texted me tonight and said, you know, congrats, have fun, and we're definitely aware of what each other are, are, are doing and what we're up to, for sure. Mm-hmm. And Scandal's such a huge hit that. Uh, it's it's very exciting to be on it for both of us. You mentioned that you're also working on other things. What kind of other things are you working on? Uh, 
uh, I wrote my own pilot that I that I shot in the spring and, and directed and starred in and and um, um, we're in the process of final cutting that. My brother all, Matt also wrote his own pilot called mm-hmm. One and Done. Mine, mine's called Maple and Malone Private Dicks um, about two private detectives in Santa Monica who. <clears throat> Only solve crimes from the time they drop their kids off at school from the time they pick them up. And they don't ever actually solve a crime. They just make their clients feel like they solved the crime. That's um, right. And, uh, and then my brother's show is called One and Done. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did a fantastic job with it. You can find it at oneanddonetheshow.com. And I'm, I act in that. Uh, and it's about a group of 40-somethings who've kind of gotten on in life and looked around and have kids and a family and realize, oh, oh God, we want to recapture our youth. What are we looking at here? Is this it? And so they reform their their high school three-on-three basketball team. And um, they're not quite the same athletes that they once were. <laughs> um, but really, it's a look at, at you know facing your own mortality and, and uh, what is meaningful in life. And it's a beautifully written, funny show um, that's on Kickstarter right now, actually. So we're raising money to shoot a whole season. Oh, we'll check it out and donate. Definitely. Sure. And do you yeah, think right that on. the scandal effect will help with that in terms of crowdfunding? God, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Gladiator. <laughs> we need to, to tweet about that. Yeah, no, it's a really uh, well done show. He did a fantastic job. My uh, my final question for you is: You talked about patience um, as far as your acting goes, and you know you have over two dozen credits to your name, and this is probably one of your biggest roles so far. Sure. Uh, what advice would you give to younger actors out here in Hollywood or anywhere who are like, "Oh, he's doing it. How do I? How do I get that? How do I make wow. that happen?" Um, whew, that's that was a, a loaded big, question. That's a big question. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, without sounding too uh, over-serious, uh, faith, <clears throat> it takes a deep, deep amount of faith, but you only get faith by doing what you want to do. So uh, I think you have to build your own faith. I think there's there's half of you that has to believe no matter what, and there's the other half of you that has to go build that belief. And the only way you build that belief is by acting. So if you want to be an actor, <clears throat> don't wait for any, anyone to give you a job. Go write your own stuff. Go shoot your own stuff. Go get on stage on some. I did so many little plays in New York City, tiny black box theaters. Literally, we did shows with three people in the audience. But I did stand up. I, I had a bet with a friend where we did stand up. We were going to do stand up every week for a year. We did fifty weeks of stand up. Wow. And the only reason I I I don't think I was funny at all <laughs> but the only reason we did it was to get on stage right. and to have a voice, to have to write your own stuff, to have to stand up in front of a crowd with a light in your face and get comfortable. Because it's not natural. The people who it comes totally natural to are, that wasn't me. You know, uh, so you have to get comfortable. You have to do it. If you want to be an actor, go act. If you want to be a writer, go write. <clears throat> it's as simple as that. And then there's the other side of you that, yeah, you, you have to just have blind faith sometimes. Um, but that blind faith has to be supported by some success. <laughs> yeah. I had success along the way. If, if you're cracking at it for you know a long time and nothing's happening, maybe you want to. Rethink Think it. about something else. Yeah. But, yeah. Just one last question. Uh, I just uh, you played football for University of Michigan football Go in blue. 1993. You won the, the Rose Bowl, so yes, I just want to did. give a shout out to you guys about that. And then do you, awesome. still, do you still keep up with college ball? 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, God, I'm a huge Michigan fan. Okay. Uh, watch a ton of uh, Michigan football and <laughs> and rooting for them every single day right now. Come on, boys. State this year, right? <laughs> <laughs> First you say that to me, and now you say that to me. This is the, I, I don't say that. I'm from Michigan. I I, where are you from? I'm from Flint, Michigan. Oh, God. I coached at Indiana and Eastern Michigan University. See? I coached. We used to recruit in Flint all the time. Great mm-hmm. athletes in Flint. Um yeah, no, I follow Michigan. I play fantasy football. I'm a huge Oh god, too too much fantasy football going on. My girlfriend's like, "Would you put your phone down, please? That is you already work in fantasy all day long. You have to have another fantasy life." But uh yeah, no, I love football. Well, so great having you join us here, and we're happy that your character is elevated to this level and it's such a great, amazing episode. For one more week, at least. (laughs) Hopefully for many more episodes. For many more so that you can come back into the studio. Right? We love having you. Um, But right now it's time for Cornelia's Cold Piece of the Week. This week, I am going to go with Old Faithful for Cold Piece of the Week and give it to uh, Rowan Eli Pope. Mainly because... Last week, we saw him pretty much threaten Jake right in his own home with his daughter in the next room. But this week, he made it a point to follow through what he said he was going to do with Jake and destroy him. We thought he was going to kill him, but what he did was destroy his reputation, destroy his livelihood, and he got Tom to do something that Tom wasn't initially planning to do. He yelled at him in true wrong fashion. He threatened him mentally. And he played, you know, the traditional Rowan mind trick on him. So for that reason, I'm going to give Rowan Cold Piece of the Week. Let us know who you think your Cold Piece is the week. Wait, did I say that right? Cold Piece of the Week is on Twitter, YouTube, all that good stuff. But now we're going to go into predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. I see Sophia over here shaking her head. I'm the same way. I'm like, it can go so many ways right now. Uh, and I'll be real quick. I don't have a prediction. I just have a, you don't let Jake live. So, that's... And I, Jake is going to live because I noticed that Jake now has second top billing. Before it was Columbus, that was number two. It goes Kerry Washington, then Scott Foley. He's living. <laughs> I'm the same we have to get on the editors for tipping off oh, who lives here. I don't really have a prediction. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. It goes back to what I said about Cyrus. I think Cyrus may know more than we think he does. But other than that, uh, I think I'm good. What about you? Well, you can't give any predictions. You have to know I want to keep my job. I would I love your prediction. <laughs> Come on. You can't give us any. Um, but once again, we want to thank Brian for joining us today. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, at V. Letcher, L-E-T-S-C-H-E-R. Um, on Twitter, and then I'm on on Facebook and Instagram as well under the same. And once again, plug your Kickstarter campaign so they can uh, check it out. One and done, one and done. The show dot com. One and done on Kickstarter. Perfect. What right about on. you guys? You can find me on social media at Bam Erickson. Um, on social media at Sophia Stanley. I'm on social media as well at Cornelia Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And at Emil and it's Junior. And go to YouTube and check out my chess and... <laughs> I can't talk tonight. <laughs> Chasing LA web series. YouTube.com slash Chasing LA. Guys, we love this. We love this show. Scandal's back. Olitz is back, kind of. Olivia's back. My crew's here. <laughs> We're all good. Thank you again for the third time, Brian, for coming in. And we will see you next week. Executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.